I'd like to say something. The, the winter that we had a mother Cody was sick around where I was here. And we would have kirtan with her every night. And I never really thought I could become really good friends with Ram Roy, but it happened. <laughs> I don't know if he knows, but I consider him one of my really best friends. But we have this amazing winter kirtan at all times. Every night we chanted the Mother Queen and Ram Roy loved the kirtan. And I tried to keep up the whole time. It wasn't easy. Thank you so much for being here. Um, that was my um, only real association with Mother Queen. I her in Calgary Farm over the years, coming through as a traveling sanctuary. Yeah, and not only those first three months in the winter of 2012, but I've been here like a month or a year, and it was always very sweet, very nice. Um, it is definitely the opinion of uh, the advanced devotees that uh, Mother Kalini went back home, back to Godhead. We looked at Satsvrutmaj's uh, offering, and he affirmed that. He also remarked and when Tamal Krishna Maharaj some years ago saw her coming from the barn carrying milk buckets and wearing heavy boots, he remarked to Tamal Krishna Maharaj that she'll be doing that same service in the spiritual world. So such steady, unsophisticated, perhaps that's one of Mother Colleen's most glorious excellences was her... Um, Humility and not, you know, like we see a lot of times, championing, championing for position or um, getting some fame or notoriety. She was very content to do seemingly humble service in the background for long, long hours. I believe she wore herself out to the point where your family brought her here in 2007 or 2008. No, 2008. Yeah. So, um, such an exemplary life is uh, very, very um, merciful to all of us, especially to those who had intimate relationships with her, like your family. Um, you know, most people with their family members, they're so much related just by practical, normal, normal um, dealings, and when they depart, it's a great upset. So when we have devotees that we love and associate with for many, many years and they depart, feelings are similar, but much, much, much um, superior in the sense that because they've gone back home, back to Godhead, our lamentation and, and sincere longings and feelings of separation from them are actually our guaranteed passport and fast lane back home, back to Godhead to be with them very, very soon. We all know we have to leave this world and give up this body. We all will take our turn and do course. Uh, but when great senior Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis go back home, back to Godhead, uh, to be reunited with Srila Prabhupada and the beloved deities and forms of and, and Krishna and Radharani and Jagannath, all the Tupacha whom she served throughout her life, then um, she's making a um, putting in a good word for us on that side. And as we miss her, we more and more will enter into that inconceivable, transcendental energy of the Lord's pleasure potency that will facilitate our ultimate reunion in eternity, knowledge, and bliss. So anyone who has had 
any association or relationship with North Mother Colini is supremely, supremely blessed. Um, and it's just unfortunate that she's not here with us anymore, but it raises the bar that we have to come up to a higher standard. So let's always meditate upon her and keep her in her heart and know that she will always um, create good fortune for us because of her now reestablished, liberated relationship with Krishna. Thank you very much.
<laughs> stole a car from the farm at 15 years old and, and crashed it. And Parmananda had forced him to work off his time. And so Mother Cleany asked me, say, um, will you take, will you go with my, my son doesn't want to go out to the, he didn't want to go out to the barn with Bob under approval. He said, can he go out to the, the barn with you? And he did, and he and I became friends, and through that relationship, I became, you know, tired really more, more closely associated with, with Mother Cleany. But I always felt that she protected me. She, and when I left, she always was in contact and cared for me. And even though she was sick and came here, uh, she was protecting me. Uh, it looked some different way, but that that's not that that wasn't the case, and it's not the case now. And I always pray that she, you know, tries to you know see me and my and my family favorably. And keeps that protection on it because I, I think that whatever I have or whatever I've done, she's like, you know, the, the strength be, behind it. And like, uh, I enjoy Wake Tomorrow's was saying, and uh, think that there was a, a, a crucial point in the history of Yudanagri. And someone, through their small, humble service, kept that place together at a, at a critical time and I see that as as Mother Queen. And it's just her devotion to Prabhupada and uh, you know and and her dedication to the, the temple and her, and her love of being a devotee. Um, I, I, I know her one story. I don't have any stories of Mother Queen and I I told someone when she started chemotherapy Someday we were together for like 13 hours straight from getting there and going through it and coming back three days in a row, uh, you know, once every three weeks for eight, eight, eight weeks. And uh, I can't remember one thing we ever talked about. You know, we were talking, I know we would talk, <laughs> but I can't remember. But the, 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 the story that involves Sasha Raj, which is really, um, she was on a morning walk and Sasha Marge would come to get Agri and after the morning program everybody would wait at the shoe porch and then walk back to the cab with him and people would come from different places and tell him what's going on mostly a lot like you know Guru what should I do what, what should I do about this and then she never spoke and then one day she says um you know Sasha Marge, I, I have a question uh, a lot of devotees would say their whatever their problems were so Am I naive or is it just okay not to have any problems? <laughs> <laughs> and she really did. Devotion and humility came natural to her. And she, you know, she personified it, and it's why so many people loved her. Those things are truly attractive. And I think that's why she attracted the, the, you know, the admiration so many people because of work. Thank you for coming here and uh, thank you. Hey.
yesterday or two days ago, I picked Subhadra up at school. She goes to boarding school, some of you know. And she said to me, Mommy, I have to tell you something. Um, remember when you wouldn't let us drink Gatorade because it had food coloring in it? <laughs> and I said, I do. She said, Well, really, the whole time Mother Kalini had these cases of Gatorade. <laughs> Every time we went to Gatorade, we could just go there and get it. <laughs> That's what grandmas do. So I was thinking we were looking at, okay, one sweet story about my Kalini who's there. So we have, some, I don't know if everybody knows this, but usually in the Vaishnava kitchen, you're meant to have a, a clean sink and a dirty sink like for washing hands and for washing tea paraphernalia. So, we had a double sink, and Mother Kalini was at our house, and it was a festival. This was before she lived here, and there was um, the sink. We were washing spinach in the one sink, and then my Kalini was maybe two. Maybe she was one of them, and she wanted to go in the other sink. So Mother Kalini said, okay, just put her in the sink. Just set her down. So she, the clean sink was here, and this, they were both not that clean, but <laughs> spinach was getting washed, and my Kalini was in the other sink, and then my Kalini just started to take the spinach, <laughs> wash herself with the spinach. And then Mother Kalini said, I said, what should we do? She said, it's okay, we'll offer it. <laughs> and I said, should I try to maintain that standard? She said, it's not really time yet. <laughs> but I was just, we were just thinking that every, every time my children have opened Christmas presents for the last, you know, eight years of their life, and every time... Every Christmas day, we sit on the couch after um, Sutsar Marsh goes to sleep, and we watch It's a Wonderful Life with Mother Queenie on the couch. And every birthday and every every holiday, Vaishnava holidays, and every single holiday, we've celebrated with her. And our photo album is filled with like our family and then some. Dhanadar Swami, that's the mother Kalini, and a lot of Govardhan Lal. <laughs> there are four couples sitting in this room right now, that, or at least one of the people that she married. There's four, right? Kirtan Ras, she married us, Govardhan Lal, and she married Shukumari and Janardin. And then all of our children's grain ceremonies, so maybe. How many children have we managed? <coughs> uh, lost count. So all of the grain ceremonies of all of our children, and just in so many ways. And also, um, I know I wrote this, but every little league game that Ram and in Lakshman and loved Yogi and some Malati's basketball game, she came to every single thing that we've done over the years, and it's actually kind of phenomenal. And I just, it's the, it's sort of the meaning of grace. Is completely encapsulated in that because I am a terrible devotee. I literally, I'm not good at this at all. But Mother Kalini just has been there for us the whole time, and hopefully, by her grace, can continue on and you know keep all of this beautiful association that she kind of was the heart of. And, uh, and that's all.
really happy to hear.
It's very, very rare to find someone who's not envious. <laughs> because, and it's not just that deep hate in the heart. You know, anytime you put yourself in the center and are trying to control the world, each is gracious and mutane one it's born of you know, your personal desires and your dislike of things that get in the way. And uh, the symptom of a person who has that is that no one is fearful of them. Even very kind of, like in, in the Sadhguru Swami Astakam, it says, Dira Dira Janaprio Piyaparo Nimatsaro Pujato. The six Goswamis, they were, um, they were kind to both the gentle and the ruffians near Matsuro because they were not envious, therefore they're worshipable. So, um, I just give it like an example of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I started getting phone calls just about the time Mother Kalini was about to pass away and uh, the, uh, the name on the phone kept on coming as Madhu Mangal, Madhu Mangal, Madhu Mangal. He used to be known as Krishna Mike. <laughs> and you know, he called me up just to talk about Mother Kalini. And uh, you know, he, his you know, nature, you know, when I befriended him, all my disciples feared for their life. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he absolutely loved Mother Kalini. And Mother Kalini loved him. And, you know, he called me up and he told me that as soon as he found out that she was to leave the world, immediately he dropped everything and was on his way there. And, uh, you know, and absolutely, and you were telling me, Sachi, absolutely broke down in tears, um, uncontrollably. So, um, you know, it's a rare soul, you know, that uh, everyone is attracted to and everyone loves because they're not in competition with you in any way. And, uh, and I think that's the message that why it's Pujita, why she's always being glorified, is because people met someone that absolutely didn't want anything they had, you know, and didn't want to promote themselves in that way, or be the center, or take the spotlight. And uh, it's a rare soul, and therefore uh, so many people's hearts were were touched. So. I guess, uh, and one other thing I, I just want to say quickly is, is um, the way she left, that Radha Damodar came into the room, it's not that, it's not that um, someone brought Radha Damodar into the room. Radha Damodar is God, comes, to come into someone's room and they're dying is actually a very special thing. And it's a reciprocation 
for her unalloyed, pure service to Prabhupada. And I just had like a personal realization. I don't want to speak too long because there's so many people whose hearts were touched. I think sometimes, you know, as, as a, a sannyasi, the things I do, I, you know, I get some accoutrements, you know, maybe some respect, some worship, some flowers, maybe a donation, you know, maybe some glorification. And then, you know, someone like her, she just uh, did this simple, 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 simple service with a pure heart. And uh, I sometimes think, you know, if I'm not careful, that's what I'll get for all the work I do. And someone like her, who never wanted anything, never asked them anything, never positioned herself anything, then, you know, she gets Radhadamadar and the cows and Krishna and back to Godhead. So it's like a real example of what is pure devotional service. I think that's why people here are feeling so much separation from such a soul. so much about Kalini practically every day. You could understand if you wrote about Jaipataka Maharaj and said what a fantastic preacher he is. Ridananda Maharaj and what a great scholar he is. What has Kalini done? I wrote back that my website was about the activities of Stuyvesant Falls. Kalini was a close neighbor and I saw her a lot. If you visited me, I would write about you and say what a great book distributor you are. But I didn't write about Mother Colini just because she was a neighbor. She was an inspiration. Anyone who met with her was affected by her cheerful simplicity, her optimism and trust in Krishna. She lived and served for many years at Kedanagari and in a quiet, unsung way, rallied all the devotees with a positive spirit. She milked the cows and spent long hours cooking in the kitchen. Once Samal Krishna Goswami visited Kedanagri, and from his car he saw Kalini walking from the cow barn, carrying a bucket of milk and wearing boots. TKG remarked that when Kalini went to the spiritual world, she would probably do the same thing she was doing now. In other words, in Goloka Vrindavan, she would be caring for cows and carrying milk with Krishna in the center. When I lived at Gita Nagari, Mother Kalini used to accompany us when I took a morning walk with my disciples from the temple to the cabin. My disciples would often ask me questions about their problems, spiritual, material, psychological, and mental. One morning, Mother Kalini asked if it were all right if the devotee didn't have any problems. 
Hearing everyone expressing their troubles, she innocently wondered if there was anything wrong with her. They're not having any problems. When the temple became understaffed, Mother Kalini did almost everything at Gitanagari. She was a pujari for the Radhadamagar deities, she cooked for the devotees, she milked the cows, and she did them as her children. She was, quote, house mother for the younger women. She befriended the cats and the few dogs who lived on the farm. For a period, she was even the temple president. Mother Kalini liked to offer Radhadamadar beautiful garlands and lavish flower arrangements. And she liked making sumptuous prasadam for the devotees. But when money was scarce, she made simple garlands and prepared the vegetables without carrots. She made do with whatever was provided and didn't complain. When Mother Kalini's husband, Keshe Dabarji, accepted the sannyas order, she wore white and flourished in chaste renunciation. But she remained lovingly attached to their son, Rama. He became a police officer and moved to California and eventually got married. She kept in close touch with Rama and they occasionally exchanged visits. She made pilgrimages to India and loved the holy Dhamma, Vrindavan. Once a beloved cow died in Gitanagari, and later when Mother Kalini went to Govardhan, Vrindavan, a particular cow came up to her and was extremely affectionate. She surmised that the beloved cow of Gitanagari had been reborn in Vrindavan and remembered her. She obtained a small Govardhan Shila in Vrindavan and maintained intimate personal worship. As the years went by, Mother Kalini became severely ill and continued her heavy duties to the point of overwork. When Sachi Suda and his family came to Gitanagri and assessed the situation, Sachi insisted that Mother Kalini leave for Prabhupada Desh and move near his family in Stuyvesant Falls, upstate New York. Mother Kalini was very close to Sachi Suda, his wife Kelly Lalita, and their growing family she agreed. Sachi bought her a house of her own next door to his. She was happy there, recovered her health, and became like another mother to their three young children. They even named their eldest daughter after her, Kolini. She continued her pilgrimages to India and her ex occasional exchange of business with her son, who now had children of his own. There was a small community of devotees living in Stuyvesant Falls, and Kaili Lalita, as a yoga instructor, was in touch with many yoga students. Kaili Lalita and Mother Kalini arranged festivals on Vaishnav holidays held in the large yoga studio in Sachisuta's home. Dhanadar Swami and I both had residences near Sachisuta's house, and we regularly gave talks to many guests on the festival days. Mother Kalini also hosted a small group of devotees for kirtans every night at her house. Several years ago, Mother Kalini contracted cancer. She underwent a long series of treatments, personally supervised by Sachi Sutta, who also arranged for a series of caretakers to 
be with Mother Kalini. She tolerated the ordeal and maintained her cheerful spirit and deep faith in Krishna. The cancer eventually went into remission, but she remained weak and exhausted. She never recovered and went to Gita for hospice. She passed away on September 3rd at 2 a.m., surrounded by loving devotees chanting kirtan to see her off to the spiritual world. She will be sorely missed by many devotees who loved her, but we are all assured that she has gone back to Godhead. Having a festival yesterday without Mother Kalini was very much like a missing spirit was not present. A quiet presence at these festivals, taking care of the Obadan Sheila, serving the guests, just being there had a tremendous influence on the community. have to try to keep her spirit alive at our programs here. the name of that cow? Vishaka. That cow kept giving milk long after it was supposed to. Usually cows you have to breed every so often. You know, they stop giving milk so they get milk to the cow. But for I think 12 or 13 years that cow was giving milk. That's because Kalini was her calf. <laughs> she loved Kalini. And I, I figured it out because I turned out how this was happening. And I remember seeing her, you know, milking the cow and going back. She was the cow's calf, and the cow loved her just as much as she loved the cow. That though there was a relationship. <laughs> so Kalini has this very interesting characteristic of saintly persons, genuine saints that sometimes, you know, they don't they don't don't have a, a, a curriculum vitae with great deeds or big acts and things like that, but then when they're gone, you, you can feel, you know, the, the, the presence of, of a, a genuinely spiritually advanced person without any uh, uh, big to-dos or flashes. There's a Jesuit poet, Jerome Bradley Hopkins, a famous English poet, wrote a poem about a saint called uh, Alphonsus Rodriguez along those lines, because all he ever did, he was canonized, as was recognized eventually as a saint, all he ever did was watch the door. <laughs> so he was just a doorkeeper. But gradually everybody... <laughs> so Kalini may not, you know, that, that it's to her credit and her humility and, and, and the willing she's given, given herself that, that, that she doesn't have this big list of deeds and things like that. Uh, and everybody can feel her absence so strongly. 
I had the feel that, well, she was at Edenaga and she was just doing little tasks, milking a cow, cooking and everything like that, and somehow she was sustaining the place, and you can't understand exactly how she did it, but she did it. That's a spiritually advanced person, and we have to be very, very thankful for people like that. Prabhupada once wrote a letter to one of his uh, sannyasi disciples complaining about another one. Uh, and uh, this, this devotee was thinking that this person will go back to Godhead and this person won't. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, I said, actually all my disciples should go back to Godhead. And then he, then he, then he said, uh, then he said, Actually, we, we, we are eternal associates. Uh, and all my disciples will go back to God. And we will have another ISKCON there. And then he said, but Mr. Nair must stay. <laughs> Person who tried to cheat, uh, cheat him so many times in the Bombay land. I found out from someone else that just before he had been having some dealings with him before he wrote that, that particular letter. Uh, but but the idea I don't I don't think of Prabhupada's movement as just here uh, and, and and in some ways um, uh, the the way the way the temple of the Vedic planetarium shows a path back to Godhead <coughs> Prabhupada's structure of this con is. Template is the Gaudiya Mat, and they had a, 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 a parent temple that is that is the the, the uh, Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. That was the parent temple, and all the others were their branches. And they go to explain, uh, uh, took some effort to explain why this is so. Mayapur, the temple in Mayapur is the parent temple. Not because it's in Mayapur, but because, and not because that's where Lord Chaitanya appeared, but because Mayapur is the distended spiritual abode. And that's where Lord Chaitanya's Leela, which is going on in the spiritual world, is then enacted here. And so that, that, that temple uh, in Mayapur, our temple in Mayapur, is like a portal going from here to there and actually it will illustrate that the path back to Godhead that's what that universe model of the universe is, shows the, the, the upward path and, and as it turns out Prabhupada's there as the guardian of that path right at the entrance of the temple Prabhupada is here this is another entrance most ISKCON temples we have a we have a Vyasa Sada with Prabhupada's Murti on it this is the entrance so, so people are already going back. They have been for some time now, actually. Uh, and that's our society. It's not just on this planet. Because, because we are together, we are eternal associates in Chaitanya Lila. And maybe in Krishna Lila, we may be here or there. <laughs> but in Chaitanya Lila, we are all together. And so we are eternal associates. Uh, and... Uh, and, and we can associate with Mother Kalini through strong feelings of association. And I'm really happy there's somebody really responsible who's already there. <laughs> so I can trust is there. <laughs> is wishing us all well. I, I just, 
thank her very much. Right? Sutta Prabhu and his family, and to Kashori Mataji, and to all the devotees who have served and befriended Mother Kalini, both throughout her life and in the time of her passing. I have still not really recovered 
for Mother Kalini having left Kiranagari years ago. So I'm not sure what the hell I'm supposed to do now that she is gone from this world. I first met her when I moved to Kiranagari in the mid to late 80s. Shortly after the farm's collapse from a large community, many devotees with lots of money to a struggling, barely maintainable project of very few persons. In fact, one devotee at that time, at that time, told me that it should now be called Bhutanagari, which would roughly translate as ghost town. In some ways, those were hard times, but for me, it was some of my happiest days in Krishna consciousness. That was mainly because the very small community that was left came together in such a sweet, loving, cooperative way. And I think it is common knowledge that going through shared hardships is an excellent way of cementing loving relationships. I'm sure that His Grace Sachi Sutta Prabhu can testify that if you spend a year or two shoveling SHIT <laughs> with someone, then you will always love and respect that person. <laughs> I love all of the devotees from those times, and as they one by one left Gitanagri, it always caused pain in my heart. But I never considered the possibility of losing Mother Kalini. She was the temple president, the leader, head cook, and Gujari, and in a very real way, the mother of that small family of devotees that I was so privileged to be a part of. Mother Kalini's life was not very easy. First of all, she was raising her son on her own. When I came, her son Rama, a great kid, now a great young man, was a teen in high school. I was not super close to him. But sometime I would hang out in his trailer and watch a little TV, in parentheses, but I swear, just a little Jeopardy for his intellectual, for its intellectual value. <laughs> I, know, I know she had so much love and also anxiety for him. And over the years, as he grew and accomplished so many things, I could see her joy and relief at him growing up nicely through graduation, becoming a policeman, being a personal bodyguard for an Arnold and eventually getting married and having a child. It was also not easy for her in terms of health. She was very tough and worked incredibly hard for so many years, but she was never really very strong and healthy. She was very austere and skinny, and as the years went on, her health problems increased. Of course, the cancer was the main tragedy, I suppose, but she had so many other conditions in addition to that, although she never complained. It was also difficult for her being a manager. She does not have what you would normally consider managerial skills or temperament, but she did it because it needed to be done. There were many times when I could see, or she would say, how unnatural managing was for her. One time when one crazy offensive person was trying to hijack, in quotes, hijack Gitanagri, especially comes to mind. I'll do that again. One time when one crazy offensive person was trying to hijack you, especially but she always did the needful. I really didn't understand why until later. After I was newly married and living in the temple, one time she asked me to do some service, and I objected. 
she told me, quote, Acharya, you have an obligation. As a newly married person, I didn't like to hear this. I had so many new obligations to deal with. But I gradually understood her mood. She felt this strong obligation to Sri Sri Radha Damodar, Srila Prabhupada, Iskand, Gidanagri, and all the devotees. And therefore, she always did her utmost to serve them, despite difficulties. She took it so seriously. Although she took Krishna consciousness and her obligations so seriously, she was not an overly serious or grave person. She was also not a clown or a comedian, but she was always smiling, and she liked to laugh, and laughed a lot. When she laughed, it was not all capital letters. It was not oceanic. It was probably closer to a young girl's giggling. And sometimes she could surprise you with a joke or a very observant, humorous comment. And her happiness was contagious. No one could be morose around Mother Colleen. Her simple and spontaneous joy in life and in Krishna consciousness was contagious. That's what made her such an excellent preacher and inspirer of devotees. She was smart, well-read, and understood in depth the philosophy. But her practical application and speaking was always simple. That is how she inspired and commanded love and respect from so many devotees. Despite this, she avoided giving class. She felt no need to put herself forward in that way. Her humility was very special. She rarely spoke, she rarely spoke humble words. Quote, I'm the most fallen, I'm unqualified, etc. She rarely spoke humble words. Quote, I'm the most fallen, I'm unqualified, etc. She left the protestations of both greatness and, in and inadequacy to others. She just lived her life and served Krishna in her own pure, simple, and unassuming way. Like Srila Prabhupada said, and quote, silent worker. Serving with her was always a joy. I especially relish memories of cooking with her on festivals. There was always such a happy, fun atmosphere in the kitchen, and I loved her cooking. Her most famous prep is her heavenly besan lavi, but she was but she was a good all-around cook. Best prep ever? Deep-fried eggplant and curd calzones, she once made. <laughs> it was long ago, but I still remember them. I think she made them for her son Rama's birthday. I knew that her health was never great, but when we first heard of her cancer, we were devastated. I prayed vigorously for her recovery, but at the same time, I harbored a fantasy that if worse, worse came to worst, my wife and I would get to be her caregivers in Vrindavan at the end of her life. Of course, it never happened like that, but I am glad that my wife got to help care for her. As the roller coaster of good and bad health news came over the years, I still never thought that we could lose her. I simply could not imagine life without her. And when she finally chose to leave Gitanagari, I was at first a little surprised. Why not Vrindavan? But, although she loved Vrindavan Dham, in a very real way, Gita Nagri was her Vrindavan. Her leaving was devastating to me, but it really hit me in an odd way. After her passing, my wife told me how they found a beautiful, slightly fancy, pure white sari to dress her in, and that, it was, and, and that is when I completely lost it. 
I didn't want to see her in a pure white sari. I wanted to see her in an off-white sari. <laughs> Slightly orange stained from the iron of the Nigeria's water. Perhaps a few turmeric stains. I wanted to see her wearing her apron and headscarf. And I used to see her as I used to see her every day, looking just like an angel from Dakota. I wanted to see her in her barn boots and overcoat, milking the cows. I wanted to see her sharing love and Krishna Bhakti with all of the devotees again. I've lost that, and there is no replacing it, and I did not even get a chance to say goodbye or render any last service. At least my wife did, and I won't have to be satisfied with that. Just like the queens of Dwarka, out of shyness, she did not go and embrace Krishna in public. Instead, they sent their sons to do so for them, and embraced Krishna within the core of their hearts. Similarly, or on second thought, maybe it is not that similar, but in any case, <laughs> I did derive some satisfaction from my wife's service to Mother Kalini, and I do get a little satisfaction from remembering her glorious qualities and activities within my heart. I am also grateful for her befriending my son. Much of his understanding of and appreciation for Krishna comes from his association with her in the barn of milking time. Of course, his mother and I tried to teach him the best we could, but there is nothing like the association of a living saint. What can I say about Kalini, the cowherd girl? She was so dedicated to the care and service of the cows, and her affection for them was so deep and real, especially her old longtime friend, Ishaka. And not only cows, she loved all animals. I am not really a pet person. Even when I was working the oxen a gazillion years ago, I loved the oxen, but our relationship was much more like boss and employee. <laughs> they had to work, and I was there to make sure they did. Mother Fellini's love for the cows and all animals was more like motherly affection. I can remember her coming back from milking, walking down the road, handful of barn cats following her to the temple, <laughs> like she was the Pied Piper. One time, long ago, unbeknownst to me, a cat had crawled up inside the wheel well of my car at the farm looking for warmth. I drove away and inadvertently killed it. I was not even aware it had happened. Mother Kalini saw this and she didn't tell me about it at that time, but mentioned it to me years later and she was still hurt by it. And just last year, more than 20 years after that accident, she brought it up again, she brought it up to me again, not to chastise me or make me feel bad, but just because she is so She could not bear to see the suffering of others. She was that soft-hearted with animals and with all people too, devotees and non-devotees. All in all, she was as close to an ideal devotee as I have ever seen, and her departure has left an unfillable hole in my heart. A child of dust. And then this is from Charya Sudhani's son, Raja Krishna. Hare Krishna, we are all sad due to the passing of Mother Kalini. 
wanted to say just a few words about her and my life. I was born in Gitanagari, and from just a few weeks after my birth, my mother used to take me in a stroller to the temple every day, rain or shine. When I got a little bit older, she tricked me into walking there with her instead of riding. Of course, on the way there and back, we would always pass by the barn. I liked going to the temple, but the barn was more interesting to me. So we started stopping there in the morning. I liked the cats and the cows. And every morning, Mother Queenie was there milking. So I used to hang out and wander around while my mother would chat. My mo Mother Polini started asking me to do things. Get a bucket, fetch the grain, etc. Gradually she engaged me more and more. Then she gave me a lash to use in herding the cows. So I made sure to get there early enough to help her herd the cows in for milking. She started calling me the chief cowherd boy, which I was very proud of. I did this for a long time and she was always teaching me, showing me what to do, engaging me in go seva. Gradually, when I got a little older, she actually taught me to milk, and I used to help her. Eventually, I could do it myself, and I would milk the cows when she would be away at festivals. She was always very kind to me, not just as a teacher or senior person, but as a friend. One thing that impressed me about her is that she was so dedicated and steady in her service. She was not flashy. She was not a big gun, a world leader, but the regularity and devotion in her longtime service to the cows and to Gitanagri Dam really impressed me. My father trained me to look for substance, real commitment and sincerity, and to be suspicious of too much flash and show. For all of her humble position, she was a truly great soul. She also wrote recommendation letters for me that helped me get into college and get a scholarship to help me pay for it. I continued to help with the milking on and off until I left for college, and I always had fond memories of my time with Mother Colleen. I was saddened to hear of her sickness, and her eventual passing was a real tragedy. I'm sorry that I did not get to see her one last time, but I'm also a little relieved that I didn't. I don't want to remember her like that, sick and bedridden. I want to hold her in my heart the way I remember her from my younger days, happily serving Krishna's cows, befriending me, and helping not just me, but all people who cross the path. Raja Krishna.
she realized it was a woman's <laughs> But, you know, she wasn't concerned. And especially in the late 70s, my place to go for a little retreat was I would go out to the Minagri and just stay a week. And I usually would stay with, with Kalini. It was really wonderful to share a room with her. And my younger son, Rupa, was there. We wouldn't even, and I'm a very chatty person, but we would never even say a word. We just um, get up in the morning, see the deities, we see the cows. This is like her, her greatest quality to meeting was simplicity. And um, there's probably nobody that. I like to be with me. She knew the names. I mean, she knew all the cows' names. She knew who their mothers were. She knew the cats' names. She knew who their, who their grandmothers were. I mean, it was um, never met anyone that was so personal. <laughs> and uh, it was just um, pretty amazing. She always cared about um, not just my children, but I always appreciated she kept an eye out for me. Tell me how Luke was doing when he went to Burkula. Um, our older boys and my son and my oldest son were close friends and went to school together. Um, she kept an eye out um, for Buddy Heiko. And when I told them sent a message that she was about to leave her body and he inaugurated. Kaika and Yudi were working out. They were going to meet up and go see her, trying to figure out what day to go and everything on their busy schedules. Rupa just sent one message, a huge no, with um, exclamation mark. Just uh, heartbreaking. So I appreciate your friendship. among 
Because she never, she never asked for anything for herself. So every time we left, he's in our view, we would give us some money and say, this is just for you. Get a good salary, you know. Don't give this money to anybody else, but it's for you. <laughs> we loved her. And uh, I miss her. I miss her. She's the same. And I'm saying it's with us.
Mother uh, Taruni was singing. Um, do you remember that song, Mother Kalini? Uh, Lord Chaitanya in the streets, telling everyone they need. And she was singing along. We're going home back to God. And she was chanting when Bhakti Lata came and joking with Mother Rukmini. It was a very, very sweet Sunday. And I think she realized Sunday was her birthday. She was very quiet. But then Monday, she realized that the fuss wasn't about her, and she turned to Ekaviria, and she said, what's next for Kita Nagari? <laughs> sweet to see her back um, One time I was making samosas with Mother Kalini, and you know how there's sometimes smashed potatoes and peas in the bowl that don't make it in, and she said, and it wasn't because of waste, but she said, what if, what if you were that pea and you didn't get offered to Krishna? <laughs> 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 Could you imagine what that would be? <laughs> So she really wanted everything to be offered to Krishna. If there were flowers that were kind of like didn't make it onto the altar, she wanted them to have the chance to be offered to Krishna. And that's just how she was, you know. Um, another time I was talking to her about my struggles with chanting, and she um, she said that you really have to be dedicated. She says, just like on fasting days, if you wake up that day and you think, oh, I might chant, I might fast today. And you might not do it. You know, you have to be determined. And Mother Cleaning was so determined. And just just at the beginning of August, I remember going to her um, her house and asking her how things were. And she didn't really want to talk about medical things or anything. So I said, well, how's your chanting? She said, well, that's no problem. <laughs> so, yeah. I wish I had more very strong memories, but um, my memory comes and goes. But Mother Twini, definitely a pure devotee. If devotees were complaining about others, she never, ever would get into it. And she wouldn't tell you that you were wrong for talking the way you did. And she wouldn't tell you, like, we'll just work on this. She just would softly, maybe change the subject, but just kind of encourage you wherever you were to, to take to take to being more devotional. So I feel so, so, so fortunate. I actually, you know, for years we thought we were going to leave Stuyvesant Falls, but when other point came, I knew that we were meant to be here longer. I'm just so fortunate to have gotten this. recommendations. So she said, well, um, Mother Kalini knows me. So I called Kalini and I said, you know, this, this young woman wants to move in the temple and she, I need your recommendation. She said, well, I, I, I just advise that she be given her own room. That's all she said. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, 
she didn't say anything you know, negative. No. Um, <laughs> eventually, this woman actually just murdered her mother. <laughs> Someone called me said, you have to get a television and look on the news because they had, she was wearing a sari, you know, showing her being arrested. And Later, I found out that one of the reasons she left Eden Agri is she had, had was choking Boomer to death. <laughs> had to pull her hands away. But when I called off, she said, I think you should give her a call. <laughs> 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 uh, I never ever say anything. <laughs> Maybe I would have appreciated that. <laughs>
you cannot read. No. And uh, you know, my son is six. I couldn't. I couldn't dream of sending my son to Google at six now. But I realized many years later that it was harder for my mother than it was for me, and I couldn't conceive of that at the time. It took until I was an adult to understand that it was harder for my mother than it was for me. So what I told Mother Kalini is, you know, Krishna bless you for your sacrifice. And, you know, I told her, that, you know, like I said, it's not my place. But I told her, you know, you, you made the right decisions in the way that you tried to raise Rama and give your life to Prabhupada. Thank you and bless you. You know, please have no regrets. Don't hold on to any of these seemingly material difficulties. You know, you gave your life for Prabhupada. It's so glorious and we're so grateful. And I just, my heart is bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you for everything. Because there are many, many, many devotees like this, not just ladies, but there are many devotees like this who have given their life. And uh, from an external circumstance, it seems like just a disaster. You know, why would you do this to your life, your family? But actually, it's completely glorious because it's selfless and it's, pure, it's purely done out of love. So that was my meditation with Mother Kuni. And um, I was very grateful be able to sing for her and with her. And, um, the last thing I just want to say is that, um, you know, I, as crazy as it sounds, I've been a devotee for 38 years. I, you know, because I was, when I was born, 38 years ago. <laughs> I realize I've seen so many ups and downs and so many different transitions and like eras. I, I've witnessed so many different eras. And, um, I realize that when we talk about the old days, like I'm 38 now, like I'm an old guy to some of these young kids, like the old days are like when I was a kid now, like we think the old days like the 60s or something. The old days is like, you know, the heyday of Giannagos when I was a kid. These are the old days for some people, the old days, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And so I realized one of the ways as Vaishnava was that we mark the passing of eras. Is the passing of the Vaishnavas. And, uh, you know, I pray to Krishna and I pray to all of you, I pray to my Guru Maharaj here that I can do a better job of appreciating the devotees that I'm with during the time that we're together. That I won't wait for the end of the era when they've left to appreciate them. So Mother Kalina was so kind, she would come to our kirtan. You know, I felt so embarrassed. Our little presentation, like trying to say something about Krishna, you know, I no real realization. But she would love it. She was so encouraging. And uh, I'm so just so grateful to have have her association. Thank you. I can't remember the first time I met Mother Kameen. I think it was probably Gita Nagri in 1980. Her devotional opulences uh, can't be overstated because in life they were so subtle and it was just, they were always so strong. And if you didn't look, you might not see it. Like the devotee who wrote to Gurmaraj, what did she do? Well, she didn't do anything flashy, she didn't do anything huge. 
but it was a solid, strong steadiness that pervaded wherever she was. Picasso once said that every child is an artist. And the trick is to hold on to that artistic quality as you age. And Mother Kalimi had that innocence and the sincerity and the gentleness and the love that a child has. And she never lost it. It always just got better as she got older. So for some reason, she took me as her son. And I, I, it happened without me even knowing that she did it. And one day she said it, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm so dull. But, but the one example of her kindness and her non-judgmentalism, which took me years to come to terms with and, and to accept was actually just her spiritual potency. There was a crazy guy who was calling and harassing the devotees at Kidanagri in the middle of the night. I mean, those who lived there know who it was. We managed to get him prosecuted in Ithaca for making these calls. And Mother Kalini went to testify, and I went to testify, and Baladev was there. And she was so kind-hearted and so gentle that she saw him, this rascal, there. And we all knew he was mentally crazy, but he was just a rascal. And she commented to me that she felt sorry for him. I, I was in, let me rip out his throat more. <laughs> and because that's my normal mode but <laughs> she was in this you know let's see him as a hurt soul and ultimately a devotee and she felt motherly toward him so you know we call her mother Kalini it, but it's not a hollow label she really was mother Kalini and she is mother Kalini so I'm so grateful for her presence in my life um, and I'm so grateful to Sachi and Kaylee for bringing her here so that I could see her more and that you took such great care of her. I mean, you say, Sachi, that she cared for you, and I see that. But the two of you did such wonderful service for her that the whole Vaishnav community owes you to a debt that, that we can't pay. You know, we, we don't see Krishna face to face, and we don't get to have that personal relationship and, and love for him. But if we love devotees, like Mother Kalini, and we show that love through service to her, then that's the love that will carry us through the time of death. At least that's what I think it will work for me if I can get there. So thank you for taking such good care of her. Many years to cook together. I miss cooking in the kitchen with you, 
planning for festivals together, figuring out BOGA together with no money. I remember that we had so many opportunities to each lunch to, to eat lunch together over the years. And before I moved out, when it became very quiet again, sometimes it was just you and me. Your association became even more meaningful then, as there were only a few of us, and you taught me so much by your own example. You taught me about your perseverance, consistency, humility. I still remember some of your most important bits of advice. One time, you said, when someone was being corrected and argued, it is very difficult to receive instruction and not become defensive. I remember one time I was feeling frustrated because I had been chanting for, for so many years and felt no improvement. You just said, well, actually, we haven't been chanting for so long. Just think about how many lifetimes we have been here, and we are just starting to chant. On, the, on another occasion in the kitchen, you noticed how we listened to so many kirtans but not so much of Srila Prabhupada. You were such a good example of us using everything for Krishna. You never wanted to waste anything in the, in the kitchen. One time, I showed up to dress the deities, but my neck beads had broken, and I did not have them on. You noticed immediately and said, I must always wear. When you married Tamal and me, you hugged me and cried as I moved out of the ashram. As a dear mother would, I cried too, intensely that day, due to the love. When my pregnancy became difficult and I was at bed rest, you told me to come to the ashram and that you would take care of me. You checked in on me and surprised me with my favorite prasadam, zucchini tomato sabji. You were with me through my entire labor, holding my hand when it got real hard. But now the lamentation is intense because the truth is that you served everyone and you served me, but what have I done for you? You took such good care of me in any stage of life and I have not been able to give back. As my senior, you took care of me when I should have been serving you. So I take the dust of Haley Lalita and Sachi Sutta's feet because they truly served you. He wants to get to know you. And gave back to you what you have what you gave to everyone. What I did not give. How I failed to reciprocate. With your blessings, I pray to continue in my spiritual life just as you have. I pray for your determination and conviction. I wish that I could have developed more of your qualities through your association over the years. I will miss your physical association dearly. Hare Krishna, your servant, Leela Kata Dasi. She lives in Philadelphia. She's a bhakti teacher. Um, Let's see if someone here wants to speak in this Okay. I have to apologize. I'm not, I'm not much of a speaker, but uh, 
about the Kalini. Um, I think the first time I met Mother Kalini was also 79 or, or 80. We used to go to visit Saltzman Mars at the cabin. And um, just like when you go to Vrindavan, you go to the holy places. For me, it was more going to see specific devotees like, um, like Kormarupa and Ayendra and Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhuvaneshwar. Um, so going to Gidanagri, I always look at Gidanagri as a holy place in itself, but it was mainly to see uh, the saintly personalities. One was my Guru Maharaj. Uh, I always used to make it a point to go see Paramananda because he always was, he had a way of straightening me out even when I, I felt like I was doing already. <laughs> and, uh, and I would always go, then I would go see Mother Kalini for a kind word because she was always um, very sweet to me. Um, um, then when my daughter, she moved to Kinanagri with her mother, I used to go every couple of weeks. And then I, I did that for almost, I think, two or three years. I used to see Sachi there, too. And um, I used to always go, and Mother Colini would always have a smile and a hug, and she'd always talk to me for, like, there was a, she didn't have a care in the world. Didn't matter what she was doing, what she was holding, she'd always want to talk to me. And I'd always want to talk to her. In the kitchen, we would, I would go in and I would help her sometimes. And we would talk and I asked her, I said, I know you're my senior, but I need to ask you a big favor. Can you um, just watch out for my daughter? <laughs> and then she says, of course I will. I'll give you weekly reports. <laughs> so uh, my daughter, she's 27 now. And um, she also came here for a little while to take care of Colleen. And... Um, she has such fond memories of Kalini from, from Gidanagri days. And uh, for myself, your great fortune was my misfortune because she moved here and then I didn't really get to see her very much after that. But uh, we always used to, uh, uh, I would always share savor with her. Like every year for like seven years when I was the head Pajari in Boston, we would have a Tsunami Yatra. We would bring Juggernaut up to Gidanagri for the Ralph Yatra. And they would make up the cabin for us. And I would, my wife and I, we would go there and we would take care of Juggernaut. And as soon as we got there, we'd get there around Mongolati time. Within an hour, it was like Mother Kalini had a, I don't know, maybe I had a chip in my butt that she had a, a, a monitor for it, but she'd be right there with, you know, with a bowl of curd, with sweets, with fruit salads, with everything. She goes, here's to get you started <laughs> for taking care of Juggernaut. Uh, all I, I've been hearing so many things about Mother Kalini and the simple service that she's been doing. But actually, the service she did, it wasn't very simple. I mean, to do the external, um, not to minimize any, anything, but to give an external class or give her a wonderful cure time or to... Um, to um, dress the deities very expertly. All those things are actually not as hard as the internalization of respecting and loving devotees. And to come to the point of having such potency like Mother Kalini had, that all she had to do was smile in your direction, and you melted. You felt like whatever problems you had, they were gone. <laughs> Tell me if no one didn't feel that way. <laughs> as soon as she looked at you, you could, you get, one time I was going up to her thinking, Oh my God, I, I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm coming up on the weekend. My ex-wife is driving me mad. My, my daughter loves to see me. I've got 
this money problem, this problem, and then I'd see Mother Colini walking out, and I'd say, I have to talk to Mother Colini about it. As soon as well, she just go, Hare Krishna, I go, oh, okay, what are we thinking about? Because none of those things are really important. A real devotee, the real potency of a devotee isn't so much their external example as much as their internal um, um, love. The way they, they could actually extract the love from you by what they have internally. All she did was give. Gopi Bhakti Padakamaya, Dasan, Dasan, and Dasan. She was such a servant and she had so much of a selfless attitude that that permeated her whole being. Like, I'm not sure who said it. She knew all the cats' names. I remember. At one point, I, she made me take like six cats a week to, to bring to the family where I lived. And I would get homes for them. So every week for like three months, I, I was taking home a half dozen cats. Only because she asked me to. <laughs> but, but, but she had such love for, for Krishna and for Radha Dhammada that, that she, it was almost like, I'm not so good at science. You have that sort of a prism where the light comes in white and it comes out like a rainbow. So she was that prism where, where it didn't matter what came in, it came out beautiful. It came out beautiful. And that just attracted everyone. That's how, why did we join the Krishna consciousness movement? Some of us it was prasadam, some of us it might have been the philosophy. For myself it was looking at 110 devotees in the New York temple and seeing a family that loved each other and worked together. You know, until I really lived there for a while. Then I said, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> My fault finding but Mother Colini, like every a lot of people said, she never had a bad word about anyone. The only thing I ever saw, I was thinking, what do I do about this person? She's go, oh, I don't got an answer for that one. <laughs> but she was so sweet and loving towards everybody, and that came back a thousand folds because I could see it here in this room. I could see the sentiment, I could see the emotion, and I could see the attachment and love and respect that she did demand. She never demanded anything. But she commanded it just by her example and by her true heart. Thank you. Is there anyone else that really wanted to say something and didn't get to speak it? So I think Mother Colini had a, a very unique quality. In you met her and you really felt like you, she was connecting right with you. And I was, I met her in 1994, helping Kumari out with service for the retreats. And instantly I felt that she got me, selfishly, I suppose. And, you know, I fell in love immediately with this personality because it's not very often that you meet somebody who, who can connect with you that way. And uh, through the years, I met she was so surrendered to her service. And, you know, to be able to do the things she's done in her body are, you know, just beyond understanding how physically she was able to do all those things in, 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 <laughs> her, physical, in her body's condition. <laughs> she would sleep in her room over the kitchen and the exhaust, all the, the smoke from the kitchen would go up into her room 
And I remember having a specific conversation with Sachi Sutta. I'm like, Sachi, you gotta get her out of that room. And he's like, she won't leave that room. She loves her smoky room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she, it's just, just part of her. She was so surrendered to Gita Nagari and so surrendered to her service that, you know, it just goes beyond words. I, I loved her so much. And it's very hard to, to even look at images of her because you just miss her association so much. I mean, on some level, when I found, when I heard she passed, I was so happy because I like, well, I know somebody who made it. You know, somebody. <laughs> I was like, wow, that that filled me with a lot of bliss. But then, you know, as I see her pictures and I see her her relationship with my family and. One of my best friends is Sanji Suka, his mother. She was everybody's mother. That's another thing about the first time I heard someone call Kalini, Mother Kalini, Kalini, I didn't know who they were talking about. Because Mother Kalini, it's not Kalini, it's Mother Kalini. And we would introduce her to all our family as Mother Kalini, and people would look at us like, Mother Teresa? In so many ways, she was our Mother Teresa in so many ways. Um, obviously, I think a little bit more advanced. But anyway, uh, I miss her very. I, I miss her association very much. But I'm also very enlivened to know that she made it out and she's back, milking the cows. So. <laughs>
she, uh, when I would come here to bring her some prosciutto, she, she would never demand anything. She would always appreciate whatever we brought, uh, whatever little service we could do. But she would always like, uh, when we would sing Kirtan for her, just like this last Sunday, we had a chance to go there and, and sing Kirtan for her the last time. And uh, we didn't have the opportunity to exchange um, words, but I knew when we went to the room and, and we sang Kirtan for her. And uh, then I heard from her story that it was her birthday actually on a Sunday that she would eat well and she would be happy and she would, she would appreciate Holy Name and the association of devotees and she just such a pure soul, uh, appreciating any little service. Um, I just feel very honored that we could have the opportunity to associate with her. Thank you so much, Hachi Dukhava. And you can you like that? Thank you. Um, we're going to have a little picnic. We're going to have a little picnic. We're going to have a little picnic. We're having just a little picnic. And I, I want to just tell you one small thing was that actually Veggie just left, but she. Um, she wanted to make popcorn for Mother Polini because my the, my kids liked if they were at Nagri and myself also would wait for the four o'clock offering until after Krishna had of course tasted the offering, for, which was popcorn and the oven cookies. So Budgie has been making popcorn in there, and I kind of thought, oh, popcorn, you know. But then Sue Davy said, really close to when she left, she said, could someone Mother Polini said, could someone make me some popcorn? <laughs> So we're just having a picnic outside after, but first we'll do so, so everyone can stand up and we can <laughs>